0: what's up everybody keith here and like i said we have big announcements coming up this episode we've got a lot of things to reveal to you so tune in and listen to this we're gonna have our friend alex on the show and she's gonna talk a little bit about her experiences and how the podcast has kind of helped her so enjoy this episode guys i think you're gonna like it
1: podcast welcome back welcome it's not back. it's not like it's been a long time or anything no it's just, no not at all just a weekly update here. it has not been 20 seconds <laughs> it's not been two months since we recorded our last episode uh no it really has been actually that was a lie sorry yeah. apologies it's been two months since we've been on this podcast and uh we're back again uh but we're back again as a Last hurrah, if you will, to what the podcast has been. It's kind of a bittersweet episode. Yeah, it's a bittersweet episode because we want to give what the podcast has been a a really good send-off. But the news that we're breaking, obviously here in the first 30 seconds of the podcast, is that it's going to go through some big changes. Because like Nate said earlier, we were just talking, the podcast has accomplished
2: its goal in part.
1: To in part, cer-
2: in part, not completely, but in part yeah.
1: to to a certain extent, yeah, the podcast was founded on the fact that truth is worth seeking, no matter how scary the places you're seeking it are and the yeah. questions that you're asking are that was basically the basis of the podcast from the time we started. It's worth asking hard questions because truth is worth it, and so, in the past two months, um, that a lot of that has been happening uh I, Let's be real. The whole time this podcast has been going on, that has been happening. But we're kind of reaching a place where um, transition is – the podcast is begging for a transition, yeah. if you will.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it's been really it's – it's been fun, but it's definitely been a journey for sure. Uh, I don't think it's one that's over for any of us. No,
1: yeah. The uh, The journey for truth isn't over. But the way that we participate in this podcast is probably going to, I mean, definitely going to change.
0: It is. Yeah, it's it's changing. And it's the whole reason we're doing this episode right here. But, yeah, I mean, things have been changing a lot in our lives personally. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say that I, um, I'm stepping down from the podcast. <gasps> oh, surprise. You guys didn't know at all. Uh, this is a total shock. Uh, but basically for anyone who doesn't know, who doesn't follow me on Facebook or Twitter – I am not a Christian anymore, in practically every sense you could think of. but uh, yeah, I, I just don't feel like I'm at a place where it's really advantageous for me to be on this podcast, given the intentions of the show itself. So uh, I'm at a place where I'm gonna go do my thing. uh you know, I've got a lot going on with work and school and everything right now, so you know, I'm just going to continue. On my journey, uh, wherever that leads me, uh, is I guess just where I'll be. But um, I, I've really enjoyed the show. I've I've loved doing this podcast. It's been really awesome. Yeah. Um, it's basically tracked my entire journey from leaving the church to the place that I'm at right now. Because I remember first leaving the church, and you know, I was just really excited to pursue God in a really honest and open way, and I did. Um, but that honesty and that openness really did lead me to that spot where I'm at right now, where I was willing to deconstruct everything that I believed about God down to the idea of God himself. And we were talking beforehand about the Bible. And I really feel like what, what we, what we were saying then, then is like, you know, once the authority of the Bible goes, there's really nothing else grounding you, um, other than. Feeling a personal
2: pursuit of faith of God. Faith
0: yourself, and a personal huh? relationship and experiences, yeah. which to some, to a lot of Christians, that merits enough to to call themselves believers. But for me personally, I need I need more evidence that I don't trust my feelings. I don't trust my experiences to to guide me to a proper place of truth. So for me personally, I needed more than just my feelings. So once to me, once the authority of the Bible went out the window. I mean, it all went out the window, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I remember saying a couple times on the show, uh, we'll get into it more after we do our interview, but uh, actually, I'm not going to go into all that yet, but anyway, so th- that's kind of what's going on with me, uh, I don't want to get into like a 20 long spiel, yeah, we,
1: we can we can talk later after the yeah.
0: interview, yeah, what's going on with you, Nate, uh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, what
0: just is going on
2: with you, brief summary, uh, like what was just given by Keith, yeah. Um, uh, I, I suppose my reasons for stepping down are largely similar, um, slightly different in my own ways, um,
0: different journeys, same yeah, motives. I mean,
2: we're, exactly, exactly, we all, we're both mm-hmm. on our, everybody's on their own journey in life, and, um, I've come to some conclusions that are the same as Ben, I've come to some conclusions that are the same as Keith, I'm kind of, in a lot of ways, somewhere in the middle, somewhere around the fringes, a little bit crazy, I don't know, but, um, my, my primary reason for stepping down from the podcast at this point in time, and podcasting in general. Um, Largely just a realization of uh, more time infringements on my personal life and my schedule. Um, And I don't want to do anything that I'm not going to be able to go, you know, at least 80% with, (laughs) as far as my, like... Uh, desire to spend time away from the project, uh, thinking about it and, um, you know, just gathering my thoughts and material. Um, I realized as the podcast went on, it was more willy-nilly every time I did an episode and kind of just um, good material, good, good conversations, but very much lack of preparation on my part, and I just don't feel...
0: I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but... You know. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm just at a, at a point where I think that at least temporarily, um, it's in the best interest of the listeners uh, for me to go ahead and fully remove myself from that platform, um, and also just uh, looking at the analytics and things like that. I'm not sure that my uh, current walk and my viewpoints regarding the topic of faith is really um, uh, what everyone wants to hear at this point. Um, yeah, you freaking weirdo. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, pantheist? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, very much happy to be on the podcast as a guest moving forward. Um,
0: mm-hmm. But I am Nate's uh, chakra
1: won't allow him to I, continue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, me and, me and Nate, just so all of you know. Keith Chakra also. We will be back. To
2: do Keith has no chakras. <laughs> I don't. I
0: have no faith. No chakra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back periodically yes. on, on episodes, and I will be working tirelessly behind the scenes, still producing and recording and all that. I just um, will not be involved in probably the majority of the conversations, unless they pertain to some kind of outside vantage point that would... Lend a positive view. And my, my so.
2: input to the podcast will be simply removing myself from a co-host position down to a periodic guest position. And just cheerleader. And you'll still be in the Facebook I will group. definitely be still a cheerleader. You'll be in the face, Facebook group, I, right? Certainly. Yeah. So we certainly. can
3: argue about stuff there.
2: I'm probably going to buy pom-poms. And I'm probably wow. going to buy a poms and Prodigal shirt. Hey, I'll
3: just give you mine.
2: There you go.
0: I do big. want one of those
3: shirts.
1: Yeah, you can. Those I'll, are fire, bro. Yeah, we'll get you one. <laughs>
0: Pilgrims right.
3: and
1: Prodigals merch exists only on my physical body at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife made so, me a Pilgrims and Prodigals shirt for Christmas. It's pretty awesome. Oh. It's pretty dope
2: to be honest. <laughs> but we should post a picture of it on the on the page yeah. if we haven't no, already. We, yeah, it's pretty. I epic. talked to Keith about making a promo video, like yeah. a send off video for a, is, a short. This is thing. Pretty, it's pretty great. Uh, so, so that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much my um, my explanation of where I am regarding this project at the moment. I love every moment that I've spent doing this, I don't regret any of it. Um, it's been very much critical in me finding myself where I am right now to Mm -hmm. sit down and be intentional to have these discussion discussions with people that I trust and, um, admire their mutual pursuit of faith. Um, even if we aren't all on the same page Fair, So,
1: yeah. And where I'm at with the podcast is that, uh, much like, um, uh, other experiences in our life i'll probably be the last one to leave and eventually get kicked out by whoever we <laughs> hire as the next co-host <laughs> but
2: <laughs> that's raw hey sabbatical is life
1: yeah, sabbatical so, is life man so this was going to happen season two pilgrims and prodigals rolled around at the end of that season whoever is our new co host are going to be like we think it's time that you just take a step back then we're gonna <laughs> probably No, but I'm still in the same... I mean, I don't want to say I'm in the same places when we started this. For sure, that is not the case. But I am still in the camp of Christianity. Um, I haven't been convinced um, otherwise at this point. But the longer that I sit in this water, and uh, I don't know what the the right word is for it, but the more that I... hmm, I am a Christian, but I relate more with doubters of... Christianity and what it currently is in our culture, then I relate with your average church person. Fair. Um, I have a lot of questions and I feel familial bonds with people that are asking tough questions, even tough questions of God and their faith and asking like, is the Bible real? Should we be Christians? Uh, Explain to me why I should be a Christian. I feel so much, I don't know, just uh, unity with those people because those are all real questions that I have and I want answers to, but I don't feel a disunity with God in the midst of that. If that makes sense, I still feel
0: fair enough. A, a yeah.
1: Closeness with God, even though I'm asking, which I, I want to talk questions. about
0: that more after this, you yeah. know, yeah. what brings, what gives you that closeness? What, what in the face of all your, uh, questions, I don't even necessarily uh, want to say doubts, but mm. in the, in the, in, in the, in face of your quest, yeah. You know, what gives you hope and what gives you faith that. Sure. But we'll talk about that more, but you can just think about that yeah. a little I'll bit. I'll make sure I disappoint
1: yeah. you with my answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but that's kind of where I'm at is that I don't, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel necessarily like I'm wandering from the faith, but I am really trying to break it apart and throw rocks at it until all the stuff that just doesn't belong and doesn't make sense falls off and what I have left is a reality of my faith. That, yeah. that I fully trust in and fully believe, because I think it's worth it. I think that I think it's healthy for Christian people to not accept everything they're given and test it, evaluate it, break it down until distill it, if you will, until mm-hmm. all the all that's left is the truth of who God is. Yeah. I think if you don't do that, you're doing a huge right. disservice to yourself and everyone else in your Christian community. You're just I don't even want to say anything derogatory to those people because they're all wholesome individuals, but it's such a disservice to the mind, to God said it, I read it, that settles it. That whole mindset is just <sighs> taxing on me. So I think, I don't know, that's and where though,
2: I, And though that may be true, how, how have you honestly analyzed those details to come to that point where you have so much faith in that? Uh, you mean like... Yeah, and, well, and I'm sure like, we'll, get into we'll get into that. We'll get into that. That's a whole other yeah, – yeah, yeah. that, that's that's an episode on its own. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm,
2: I will tell you why I feel the things that I feel. There you
1: go. No, but so the, we, we thought the best thing to do with the fact that the podcast is evolving and changing is do like a send-off episode in honor of the podcast and what it's been for us, like a, a thank you to the non-entity that is the podcast and the community that it's developed. And what better way to do that than not only just recount our memories of the podcast, but also have one of our longtime listeners on—someone who's been super active in the Facebook group, um, Alex Miller. We're going to try and get her on here for an interview in a little bit because she's just been someone that I'm confident has listened to the podcast. And there aren't a, a lot of people I can say that about. You know, like I know yeah. someone is listening to it, but I know specifically because she'll be on the Facebook group. Maybe we can get her input. She'll,
2: she'll mention specific episode numbers.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can get her input on like uh, uh, her judgment of each of our characters on the oh, on the podcast. Yeah, oh man, it's like a game show. Yeah. I love this. What do you think? Can this about? be an
2: ongoing segment? <laughs> 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 oh my me.
0: god,
1: can this be <laughs> judge me harshly? <laughs> can, can this be can this be Pilgrims and Prodigals roast? Like, yes. uh, I mean, can, we'll the, go around can the it the circle just circle be called judge me, judge me harshly? Judge me, judge <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sounds no. Sounds sensual. And the, oh, wow. Uh, I didn't feel that. Did you feel that, Nate? No, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Judge <laughs> me <laughs> harshly.
3: Judge <laughs> me Oh, name Hard. of a really good film. You guys should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right,
0: so we're going to get... further
2: ado. Yeah.
0: All right, we're going to get her on now.
2: Okay,
3: so
1: we have Alex with us, Alex Miller. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, <laughs> Alex. And, uh, she's been one of the, probably the most active listeners of the podcast that we've had. And Alex, what we wanted to do is because of the transition that the podcast is going through with Keith and Nate stepping down, we wanted to do a send off, if you will, to what the podcast has been in the past. So, um, yeah. Uh, so if, if you will, for the people that don't know you from the Facebook group, give us an idea of, um... Where you're at currently, like religiously and philosophically, and how you got to that point.
0: Oh, one second here, Alex. I'm not picking up your audio. I might have to change something in my settings really no. quick. No.
1: <laughs> This is podcasting. This is just <laughs> practice. Yeah,
0: well. Welcome yeah. to the behind the scenes. You'll be a pro before you know it, Alex. Yeah. This should do it right here. No All biggie. right. Uh try talking again. No biggie. That does it's it right Alex. there. We are going, so what I'm going to do is, X. Ben, just go ahead and start. <laughs> Why going. did I
4: just echo? Did someone just replay me? No, that, that was, was actually me. That
0: was, that was any Nate mocking you. you.
4: Oh my god. That's fabulous. So, Ben,
0: just start with your little intro thing again. I'll just edit that little couple minute part out.
1: What intro thing?
0: Uh, Where you're at.
1: So pretend like we just came back from our break. Yes, yeah.
0: pretend we just came back from the break okay. for the third time. Oh yeah. Three, do it. Two, All right.
1: one, go. Okay, guys. So we have Alex Miller here with us. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretending like we didn't just re- record this a couple seconds ago. And not pick up the audio. technical difficulties. I almost yeah. missed the cue. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, she's just someone that's been really active in the podcast as far as a listener and someone in the Facebook group. If you're part of the Facebook group, you might already know her. From Facebook, but uh, if not, Alex, uh, would you give the audience a little bit of a background as far as like who you are from a religious perspective and how you got there, so everyone can know you while we have a conversation?
4: Yeah, for sure. So I had been working in the church for a couple years as a youth director. Um, I was going to, and still am going to Indiana Wesleyan University and i was studying christian ministries and um like i said i was just super involved in the local church it was a church here in anderson indiana nice. and um i was youth leader but i was also on the leadership team um helping make decisions and um among the other leaders in the church and just saw a lot of different stuff i saw hurt i saw poor decisions um I also experienced a lot of love and a lot of support also from the church. So it wasn't all bad, um, but I just saw things that I didn't see just going and attending. Um, I also had friendships and relationships in my life that challenged me to ask questions and um, not just suppress my questions and hold on to my certainty.
3: Oh
0: God, did we do that? Was that us? Was that that? that us? I'm so sorry.
1: some of it was. We were were (laughs) the influence that was like... Led you astray. No, no,
4: no. Like I was, it wasn't you guys, but
1: Thank God.
4: your guys' podcast was an outlet for me to explore and mm-hmm. ask questions and stuff. So that's been super helpful. But um, I really value those friendships that um, made it seem okay to ask questions and not just suppress those so that I could hold on to what I call my security blanket of certainty. Yes. And it's just a lot more liberating. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I would say, I can't really tell you guys why I believe in God. I still do believe in God. I just don't know, um, what I believe about Christianity and the church exactly. Um, I'm more drawn to a simplified church, um, where people gather.
0: I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that topic for sure tonight.
4: Cool. So yeah, that's where I come from. Ex-youth director.
0: Right on. So you would
1: say, would you go so far as to say that you're a Christian still? Or would you just say that you're like, "Eh, I kind of unsubscribe from Christianity and I'm just a theist? Or where would you say you're at with that?
4: Mm, That's super hard for me right now. Um, Just because I have a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. And um, so I'm still... This kind of explains things. So, I sat down with a pastor actually this past week at Applebee's Dope. and was talking to him because I'm trying to finish my degree at Indiana Wesleyan, even mm-hmm. though I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Um,
1: As
2: most people I'm, that are yeah. getting degrees yeah. in these days, it's called being exactly. a millennial.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, Lisa, it's so. not liberal arts. <laughs> and
1: then she's like, Yeah, it actually is liberal
0: arts. <laughs> No, you're going for a theology degree, right? Her- What's that? Is it liberal arts?
1: No, no, no.
4: no it's no, no, no. Christian ministry. Oh god, good. So
0: okay. I thought I offended theology. you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no,
4: no. Um. So yeah, it has a lot of theology in it, um, which also begged me to ask questions, which was good for me.
3: Sure.
4: Um. So yeah, I I'm actually taking a class this semester. Um, So I hadn't been going to church really. I had visited a couple churches with my friends since I stepped down from being a youth director. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm taking a class this semester that I have to have to graduate that requires me to attend church and to be involved in the church. And my heart (laughs) sunk. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's rough.
1: (laughs) Worst degree ever. Yes. Irony. It was
4: so rough. I That's was in my professor, which he's an amazing dude, but I was in my professor's office crying, wow. like trying to do anything I could to get out of this because I just didn't feel like it was where I was at.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, and he was basically like, well, you need it to graduate, so you have to do it. And this is my thanks last semester of college. Prof. So <laughs>
1: thanks for understanding, so, yeah. teacher
0: that's rough like what do you so so what do you do like in a situation like that do you just keep going for it do you uh just temporarily bypass your convictions in an effort to uh push on towards what you feel whatever you feel like you need to do next i mean because you don't want to waste you know all the time you've put into this so you know
1: and money yeah yeah yeah, time money
0: loans everything that you've that that you've put into getting to this place. I mean, you know, so what do you do? It's tough.
4: Mm -hmm. And that's where I was at. I really to do and um, felt kind of hopeless when he told me I still had to do it, even though literally I've done everything on the list that we have to do like a year ago. You know, so I had accomplished Mm -hmm. all the tasks, basically a checklist of ministry opportunities that you need to try to do um just not this year. I, it was just really awful timing. Um as far as that goes. Um so I was stuck and I didn't know what to do. So and he told me I had to do it. So I got a hold of the Christian Center and I knew there were church ser- services in there and I was like maybe this will be simplified. Maybe I'll get a different perspective. Yeah. So I tried to get a hold of them. The director got a hold of me, but the local pastor that meets in there did not. So I just felt discouraged then too. Um and then I got connected with another pastor because I just had to do it. And I was like my dad's already put thousands into this. I've yeah. have, I have loans, minimal loans, but loans. Yeah. And I was just like, I have to do it. So I contacted a pastor that's here in Pendleton. Um starting a church, and that was my Applebee's talk the other night, which went really well. So well, that's good. I can get into that, that, or I don't have to. But.
1: No, yeah, I mean, there may be further opportunities down the road for us to, to get into that. But, like, as far as – so as far as where you – I'm just trying to, in my brain, place you religiously. So you are – you would say it's, – it's difficult to say you're a Christian at this point, but you still believe in God. And you feel uncomfortable with going to church?
4: I feel uncomfortable with how church is today.
2: There you go. I gotcha. said,
4: like I've said, um, sitting at my dining room table with my room. Um, the main thing that I crave, I miss about church is sitting with my community, praying and sharing with each other. And building each other up. Um, I don't really crave preaching or singing or worshiping with a band. Like, I don't crave that. I crave my people and I crave prayer with them.
3: I I hear you. I feel that so much. Yeah.
1: I I recently on Facebook posted something to the effect of what can you get from Sunday morning church that you can't get from YouTube? Like, great sermons and worship songs.
4: I did see that.
1: And... I got a lot of really offended people on there who <laughs> talked about what I was hoping they would say, like the community. And then I shot back as like, so why isn't that the main focus on Sunday morning? Since that's our epicenter of what we do for our faith, if that's what's important, right? So I, I feel and the like church that... I
4: stepped down from, like the main thing was like there wasn't even an effort for that. It was literally just Ugh. come Sunday morning and hear preaching and sing together like that's rough that's so hollow and empty to me so
1: yeah that I feel never mind I we could talk about that for a long long time (laughs) that's like exactly how I feel about everything
2: so Uh, and we don't we don't have to continue talking about this specific thing but I just wanted to kind of uh agree with you on that I was actually just about a week ago talking with Keith and saying you know what man I I know you and I are both in um very different places than we have been you know Mm -hmm. historically and such, but I said I, I've got to be honest. You know, something that I really do miss is um, feeling like there is a place that um, I am in unison of thought with other people. You mm-hmm. know, community. Um, having a yeah, a community of people That's that good. are actually like-minded and not just mm-hmm. pursuing some higher goal of truth-seeking, which is fantastic, but. It's not right. the same as hey, we have basically the same beliefs, and we want to encourage each other every week to mm-hmm. go deeper in that. Um, and unfortunately, uh, with the way things have been evolving in, in my life, it's uh, very difficult, nearly impossible that I have found to really find a community of people to think exactly like I do because I'm crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that's what I mean. It's not the same, but that's what the internet is for. That's what Reddit's for. You, you could literally, yeah. you could find a ton of people well, that agree with. Yeah. whatever reddit Twitter. literally every yeah. opinion in yeah. the world there's a community around it on reddit <laughs> it's, diff- it's, it's different though
2: up. it's very different it's, yeah, not, no, the it's not, the not the same you don't environment the same you can't freaking give somebody a hug and be like cry on my shoulder it's cool i know you, you're hurting you can't do that thing <laughs> that know. they do
1: on uh on avatar where they're like i see you <laughs> I see you. you can't do that on the internet
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not going to beat around the bush at all oh. uh with you alex dang um if you well I don't know if you follow me on. Well, you you follow me on Facebook and Twitter. So if you've seen anything that I've been posted, then you basically know where I'm at right now. And basically, the reason that I'm leaving the podcast, I I don't have any faith in God. Um, I basically, when I left the church, started going through a hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello.
3: Hello.
4: Hey guys.
0: Hey. Hey. Can you hear me?
2: Is she joking? Are you you pulling our leg? Hello?
0: (laughs) Did you lose us? Hey, guys. Yep. Yeah. All right. So basically, I'm not going to beat around the bush uh, with anybody here. Basically, the reason I'm stepping out of the podcast, if any of you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, then, or interact with me on a personal note, you know that I do not have any faith at all um, in God right now. Will I ever? I don't know. I mean, if God were to show up right now and say, hey, I exist, stop being a douche and follow me, sure, I guess I'd be a Christian again. But um, basically, when I look at all the evidence, when I look at the um, logical reasoning, the scientific evidence, uh, you know, I know all the apologetic arguments, and I mean, it's all, it, it all begs the question, you know, it, it all sets up arguments that are that are for God, Um. And and for me, I just can't bring myself to adhere to any of it. I mean, I I don't know. But ba- that's basically where I'm at right now. Um, I don't I don't think I personally don't find any good reason. I don't want to say logical because me and Amanda were talking about the other night, and that was a bad choice of words when I said that <laughs> I don't find any logical reasoning because. People have logical reasonings for believing in a lot of things. Yeah. But for me, I can't find any uh, good enough reasonings within myself to believe in God. I, I when I, when I look at mm. the way the world works, when I look about, look at cosmology, evolutionary biology, all the philosophical arguments. I mean, I don't see a need for God in any of it. Um, he's basically saying, pray for him. Is what he said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If it, I'm I'm okay with that. It, the thing is, the thing is, a common misconception people have with atheists is, is that we have this this idea that um, that we hate God or we're mad at God. Sounds right. But I'm not. I'm just, I'm just yeah, kidding. That's, that's I a just, good point, Keith. That's just, a good point. I was I just have, about this. So. I have no reason. Um, I personally don't think I have any reason to believe that any God exists if if there was a god that were to show up and say hey i'm real like i was telling ben and nate a minute ago you know if god were to if jesus were to show up right here with the holes in his hands and i was like doubting thomas you know like i would say okay what do you want me to do we'd have some some shit to work through for sure as far as like you know hell and judgment and why did you make me uh to be born in sin and then tell me that mm-hmm. i i had to get clean when it wasn't even my choice to begin with, but because Adam and Eve decided to do some dumb stuff, now I have to pay eternal punishment or submit to you seems a little unfair of mm-hmm. course we'd have we'd have to have some conversations, but I'm okay with having tough conversations i mean that's what the podcast is but yeah, uh for
3: sure
0: i'm not I'm not mad at God I'm not upset with God, I just don't see um
1: from what I've seen of your journey, it's just that you've become overly mentally frustrated with trying to make Christianity make sense. It's just frustrating yeah. right. It just frustrates. it doesn't frustrating make sense for to you because it doesn't make sense, and you just keep trying to cram it into sense. And you're like, "It doesn't fit. It's stupid." And then you're yeah. just like, <laughs> just <blew> it away. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I mean, that's so kind it's... of like it's just one of the ends of where the podcast can lead someone is because honestly, we're just seeking truth at at the root of all of it, and that's where you are, that's where you are. I mean, it's like, it's a journey. So, I mean, I encourage it. If I think personally that there is, some people would look at where Keith has ended up from my old camp of like hardcore devout Christianity and be like, see, asking all those questions didn't do very good for Keith, did it? And I know there's plenty of people out there who think that. And from the perspective of the podcast, just legitimately want to say, if someone asking just questions and they didn't get enough good answers. It's not it's not their fault uh, where they're at. All they all they were doing was seeking and if they ended up at atheism, that's not necessarily their fault. They should continue to seek and if they find God, I mean, this is where I'm at because I do believe in God, is that if God is real and someone keeps asking questions, there is no option if someone has an open heart, there's no option if God exists except to find Him at the bottom of it all. Yeah, and if you don't find one hundred percent agree, if agree. you yeah. if you don't find Him at the bottom of it all, then you don't, and you sought truth your whole life. But I, yeah. I mean, because yeah. of where I'm standing, I truly believe with full faith. I kind of where I'm at,
0: and we'll get into those discussions of like I want to get into the specifics of where we personally disagree tonight. Jeez. Oh, well,
1: that's a thousand year debate. But no, I, I'm sure. no 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 no. <laughs>
0: No, that was not the goal of tonight.
1: Well, I, I just – where I'm at is that I, I'm digging down to the foundations of the earth philosophically yeah. for myself. And I truly believe at the bottom of this hole I'm going to arrive at God. Yeah. Is I, I have uh, – We well, can get into like my reasoning for all that later. But like I genuinely yeah, yeah. believe digging through all of this like, wow, that doesn't make sense. Wow, I don't know if I can believe that anymore. And as yeah. I'm going down, I still think I'm going to hit the bedrock of God. And that's why I still have faith in him.
2: That's I, I actually, I actually agree I actually agree with that point as well, Ben. I think that maybe we come to slightly different assumptions as to what that God's going to look like when we find him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. Um, so, uh, to, just to recap everything we just said and hopefully put a nail in that coffin until a further episode, it's safe to say that, Ben, you would still classify yourself as a Christian? Yeah. I think it's safe to say that... Uh, Keith, you would classify yourself as an atheist.
0: One hundred percent. Okay,
2: and I think it's safest because I'm in a confusing place. I think it's safest for me to say that I'm agnostic at this point. So.
1: Wow, boring.
3: No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I do want to. I do want to oh say one one point to yours. Um, when I, when yeah. I said I want to get into the personal notes, I forgot what we talked about beforehand, and Nate was over here like.
1: No, no, (laughs) that's just like five more episodes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, but I want to say one point though, you were talking about like digging to the, to the bottom of what you believe. Uh, A guy who's uh, a really prominent figure for me, Dan Barker, he's head of the uh, American atheist organization. Um, He was an evangelical uh, pastor, evangelist, uh, musician for like 20, 30 years. Um, But basically he said when he started his deconstruction, he said that, you know, it's not that I threw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. It's that I kept scooping out the water and then at the end realized that there was no baby in it. Yeah. And that's basically mm-hmm. that statement right there would be where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't throw Jesus out, I didn't throw God out. It's that from my perspective, I emptied out all of the dirty bathwater and there was nothing in it. I didn't see anything in it. Yeah. So if I threw him out, it wasn't intentionally. Um, and if a God exists, yeah, he's going to see that and and be like, oh, well, he doesn't hate me, so let me show myself to him. So,
1: I think the only know. place we differ there is that I don't feel like I've gone through all the bathwater yet. is I feel like yeah. there's still a lot of bathwater left in this bathtub. Well, below. you know me. I mean, my Zane. last six
0: months have been like – I've been shoveling that shit out. Like, it's yeah, just been <laughs> –
2: Kind of my, my perspective on that because I'm on the same journey of – Trying to remove bathwater in a desperate attempt to find what I've always believed to be in there, you know, some beautiful baby Jesus. But um, I'm kind of to the point where I've been digging long enough, scooping out that I'm afraid that what I find is going to be the drowned remains of partial beliefs being accurate and partial ones not. And, um, that's an honest statement of where I'm at is that I don't said the only thing I can find in this bath is dead, (laughs) (laughs) just completely deceased. Well, I'm just saying I kind of feel that, um, if that being in the bath water is all powerful, it couldn't drown, you know? Yeah. So I'm either going to keep digging and scooping out water and find a miraculous Mm -hmm. super baby Or I'm gonna find what my instinct tells me, and it's gonna be a fraction of what I once believed, you know. So, Alex, again,
1: I want to thank you. This interview it's it's going longer than I told you that it would. I hope that's not a problem. No,
4: it's fine. Okay, it's almost Friday. Thank you. It's great.
1: Thank
0: you. Friday, Friday, gonna get Um, down on Friday. Friday. (laughs) It's not even Friday. Have Have mercy, son of David. Have mercy.
1: Why have you forsaken me? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I do, oh, go ahead.
4: I do have a question I want wanted to ask you guys at some point, um, ask away and I don't want you, I don't want any of you to think it's connected to anything you've said. It's just a question we were asked in philosophy class this uh-huh. week. I think it was this past week. Um, we were asked to evaluate for, and I forget, I wish I would have jotted down before I hopped on the, um who who begged the question, but it was basically do you th- think oh how do I say this? Do you think your emotion do you think, think our first go-to is our emotions when making a decision and do we just cover logic? Mm. Do you think our first instinct is to go make a choice or decision based on how we're feeling And then we try to justify it and whatever that choice. Yes.
0: I'll answer that first. I, yes, I, I 100% agree with that. I think most people, uh, make decisions on their life of their life based on emotional reactions to situations. Um, whether it be, uh, where you're going to go eat, um, uh, (laughs) what clothes you're going to buy, what God you're going to worship, uh, if you're going to worship one at all. I mean, Basically, every every decision that you could make, um, it's happening in your brain and, and your emotions and your thoughts are firing before uh, you're thinking about it, I think. I, so I, I, I would say that. I, I would say that people start with their emotions and, and basically like uh, most – so like n- most of the world religions, Right not based around And I'm, I'm going to try to not bring my atheism into these conversations as much as possible, but most world religions are based around feelings and interactions. My, my personal interactions with God and my love and affection towards God. Um, and it has very little to do with factual evidence. Um, and, and that's where I'm really big on logic. Yeah. and, Okay, let's work this out logically. What does this mean? How do we dissect this? Uh, what, you know, let's dissect the text. Let's look at the meaning behind it. Let's look at the philosophical values. What positives and negatives does it bring? Um, but I, I think most people base their beliefs just off feelings and emotions and personal experiences. In my opinion,
1: I will echo Keith. And agree with him that I do think – I know – i I'm very willing to say that I do – I would jump to emotion to make decisions. Um, even, even big decisions like that I have time to think about and process like very recently. Like this is just an example from my personal life that I can think of.
4: I'm so sad because you guys are breaking up.
1: <laughs> we're not yeah. breaking up. We're just – we're just—we're uh, not even taking a break. We're just changing the way our—we're going to co-parent. We're changing the, the format. We're—we're going to change the format <laughs> yeah. of
2: the podcast to make it more conducive to the overall premise of what this project is, has always supposed to have been. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean the the nature of the podcast and the audience that we've developed is. The nature of the podcast and the audience we've developed is almost, because of just the people that we know and the backgrounds we come from, and that's been where we built our audience from, is is at least a Christian tinge on philosophy, Mm -hmm. at at the very least. Religious.
2: uh, I mean, even even just to say so far as religious in general. Because where Keith and I are finding ourselves now, that doesn't make us really in the correct chapter to continue doing this podcast is that we are no longer looking through the religion lens at life <laughs> you more than me um and and I, yeah and yeah. Keith even more so than myself um as far as i'm not religious not looking at all right through now. that lens yeah i am looking through the lens of kind of everything as this big conglomerate of logic and experience and testimonies and evidence and i'm not I'm putting away the labels of what is and isn't religious just to find some Mm. uh, fraction of uh, truth in something. And so um, I don't any longer find personally that this um, podcast of answering the deep questions of uh, religious uh, struggle and struggle with religious structure, I think, which is really what comes down to. At at the root of Pilgrims and Prodigals, it is um, kind of documenting – the struggle in giving people a platform to discuss their struggle with religion. And yeah. I feel at this point, um, Keith and I aren't at, are, are at a point where
0: we're really even filtering anything through religion. I would, so. I would be, yeah. And like I said, you more than myself, because you're at least looking at alternative ideas for religion. More as, yeah. as, as myself, I'm, basically looking at naturalism, humanism, science, mm-hmm. atheism. Sure. That's, I mean, I would, that's the camp I line myself with right now, which is in direct opposition with spiritualism, uh, you know, religion, stuff like that. So so for me not to step down, uh, for me not to step down right now, it, it would be a hindrance for, what this show was created to do, which is figure out the issues with the church, build the church back up.
2: How to fix religion. Call out the bull call <laughs> you know, out the but... bullshit yeah. and
0: and build up what is actually good. Like get dig into the foundation and fill the cracks, repaint it, build it up and build something good on top of it. And and I don't I definitely am not in the mindset of building something good out of church right now.
1: Yeah, on on like I respect that. Uh, on the in in conversation, I mean, in Keith, I, I don't think I'm pulling something out from behind. And I'm okay to here. be
0: wrong, though. I'm, I want to yeah. just give that give that caveat. I'm okay <laughs> Not to be really wrong.
1: okay with it because obviously he's <laughs> all of us, all of us own our truth as like this is the most true thing that I have right now. So we'll all, right. Like, well, that's why we have these conversations. Like earlier, before we started the podcast, we all put our worldviews together and we're like. Man, this conversation could last five hours. Let's just record the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: and Alex like I said waiting. earlier, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I but... can tell you
4: why I believe in God.
0: Yeah,
3: like
4: yeah. the apologetic shit to me is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> it really is.
1: Uh, yeah, I
0: it mean. really is. It's uh, it's excuses. It's 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 circular. <laughs> I I I made up a joke today. I said. Uh, so, basically, it goes like this. Do you want to know why you can never corner a theist in a debate? Because um, all their arguments are circular. Oh,
1: yeah. That's, got him. That's really probably uh, true. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, I told
0: you I was going to try not to bring my
3: atheism yeah, into no. it. So. And you no, no, just no. no. <laughs> just, uh, return, returning
1: to, returning to <laughs> yeah. the, like, two original questions. Ground, ground us, yeah. then, please. Uh, you got it, buddy. Uh is, um, god dang it, I lost it. Come back around, come back around. Thought you okay. guys
4: aren't submitting to Nate.
2: Oh, yeah, was well, that the intention of this podcast? <laughs> maybe I
0: shouldn't, uh, back down,
2: maybe I should <laughs> oh, take my rightful claim.
0: Nate's uh, actually, or Ben's actually leaving the podcast now, and Nate's taking over.
1: <laughs> 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 the, um, the, oh god, what was we were Thus talking about? The th- Roman Catholic. No, we
0: no I'm not about. going there. I'm not going there. We were talking about, we were talking about.
1: Atheism, atheism, and stuff.
0: And stuff.
1: Well, I'll just come back to that. I've lost my train of thought. I had it, and then I lost it. That's the way my brain works. You're good. Uh, but um, to not to sidestep your original question, Alex is: Do you think that people make uh, mm. emotional choices? Or oh yeah, I gave my answer. Choices? Yeah. Uh, I would say I think people make emotional choices. Um, and this is going to be a super unpopular answer, and that is totally fine with me, because I'm just being honest with where I'm at, mm-hmm. is that I think emotions are a huge reason that I still believe um, in God. It, it, I know it, Not to say that logic doesn't support that, but I would even be willing to come out and say that like, some of the primary reasons that I believe in God are because of my emotions. Um, I think emotions make up a huge part of humanity that you can't discount. Like, for example, the it runs across all of humanity. Like the idea of courage versus cowardice that is that has value solely based on the emotional mm-hmm. value of courage and the emotional devalue of cowardice. Um. I see God in that the, the, the re the reasons that we feel the intangible things that exist in the world are because of our emotions and emotions for me are a huge link to the intangible things. Like for me personally, I, I recently made a decision, um, that, well, me and my wife made the decision together. We're in agreement, but she wants to be home for the kids during their younger formative years. And for me, that's going to mean me going to work and being the only income, and I'll work as much overtime as I need to to make that happen. And I'm laying down some really – like what some people would call the most valuable years of your life. I'm I'm going to lay that down for my wife and family because of emotional reasons. It's not logic that's making me like, oh, yeah, this is good because – uh, my kids need a teacher to be at home. Really, the, the real motivating factor for me to go to work so my wife can be a stay-at-home mom to support my children is because I hugely value emotionally viewing myself. Um, uh, the emotions that affect my self-worth are connected to that, that I want to be a support. I want to be a self-sacrificing father. And the way that that makes me feel is motivation enough to make me make that choice, not mm. the logic mm. behind it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. The, the, the emotional power that's there and charged in that laying down my life for my family is what made me make that decision. I didn't make a logical decision to go to work. I made an emotional mm. decision that like this is who I want to be and this is how I want to mm. see myself. And the way that it makes yeah. me feel is what's pulling me to do that. So I would say that even on the big stuff, not just like flippantly I choose – my stuff by emotions. But when it comes down to the stuff that I really have to think about and dig deep and make huge decisions for my life, I almost always will revert to the emotional choice. The thing that gives me the most self worth from my mental mm-hmm. state and the way that it makes me feel to be a man, to be courageous, to be a powerful person, to be the bigger person. All of those decisions are made for me because of emotion.
2: I, I want to interject there first to say, uh, kudos to you. That's awesome. I wish all fathers had that mentality. And
1: I definitely didn't say that to like brag on myself. I just wanted to give an example of of how emotions help
2: me make really big decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I totally see everything you're saying. And I agree that that is probably the primary thing. But I would encourage, I don't know, I want to go into this too deep, but I would encourage you to look at that um, in a slightly different perspective as well and realize that there is a certain amount of logic that you're basing uh, even your emotions off of, because you're realizing that, logically speaking, your children can have a better upbringing during their formative years. So there is a, you know, to be at home. So even though there's an emotional side of that because you love them and such, there is a logical reason to it that you're weighing the scales of, what is it worth for my kids? Yeah, You know, th- there is, mm-hmm. it's not like you're brainless and just like, oh, I'm going to do this because, uh, like you're yeah. not just being led blindly by emotions, and that and yeah. that, that brings me to the point that <coughs> how I'm gonna answer
0: this. I have question. a question for both of you, all the three of you. After sure, and you then after that, me. we're gonna
1: the pre canned question for Alex is like okay. We're gonna move on to structure after this because we sure oh, okay. uh, <laughs> we could be here forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so, being here. I don't I don't dislike this. It's just that like you know time definitely. constraints and reality. You're good. You're good for sure.
0: Uh, logic, right?
1: Oh, wait, maybe I do make some of those decisions. I, I am choosing to not continue this conversation that I love because logically we need to move on. Okay, so maybe mm-hmm. some decisions so you,
2: don't don't don't. Yeah, don't.
1: Nope. Logic sucks. Yeah. No. So anyway, I would agree with <laughs> Nate.
2: My uh, how I'm going to answer this, and I I always feel like such a douche because I always feel like I'm caught in the middle of these two guys. No, where I love it's that like, you're so moderate. Pull, you're like, I, like I I feel disgustingly lukewarm and moderate 99 percent of the time in this podcast <laughs> i feel I'm... like you just don't
4: see perspectives yeah no, I,
2: I, just, I i don't, I don't think, think everybody has a valid perspective
1: the type of moderate that nate is is not lukewarm moderate as christians would view it it is reasonable moderate i think it's way different than like yeah being ha- he's not halfway committed to something he's just like sees it like Thank you it. said from all perspectives
2: I like I like to assume that everybody has some legitimacy to why they think the way they do, and that they're accurate about some things. And if that gets me in trouble, maybe it does. But my my viewpoint on this is as far as how do people uh, make decisions regarding uh, their beliefs and stuff, whether it's based on uh, emotions or logic first. <clears throat> um, I think that instinctually, emotions are in. Us as creatures to protect our well-being, and I know that that's very kind of Darwinistic when you when you look at it deeper from a scientific sense. That um, maybe some emotions have evolved over time to cause us to do certain things that would perpetrate um, better reproduction and of the species so that we can survive. But from a very practical standpoint, I think that it's um, instinctual that we all have a bias I- I immediately upon considering uh, a fork in the road of our lives of which way to go based on emotions. Um, I think that it's a secondary choice that every person has to make as to whether or not they're going to uh, make decisions based solely on emotion or if they're going to mm-hmm. allow that emotion to actually make uh, logical sense. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the point I'm getting at with Ben is I think in this certain instance of Ben and his, his children and his work and everything is that he came to a point where it's like he has all kinds of emotions going on, if he's honest. He has some emotions that say, I want to do this because I know that I want to be uh, a father like the father I hope exists for me in heaven. And I want to be self-sacrificing and awesome for my kids. And he is also like, dude, I just want to be a kid again. And like, I want to have fun and I, want I don't want to, to waste my I want life on a I want to party. You know, he has these thoughts and these emotions, um, but he's not solely allowing i mean i want to make memes and play video I, games i just i i again i i think that he's making a logical and emotional decision that is <laughs> agreeing agree with, that. with that, that's agreeing with each other so mm-hmm. that's like the ideal way to go about it in my opinion and unfortunately i'll just end my thought with this is that i think Um, too many people, especially in Westernized culture, where we have this entitlement mentality that we can just consume and consume and consume and get what we want. I think that too often, uh, we hit that fork in the road and we're like, okay, I'm going to take the easy route because that's always the route that your emotions are going to tell you to go. It's going to tell you to go the route of least resistance. And, Mm. um, I think that causes a really big problem in our culture, um, spiritually, religiously, um, and uh emotionally in regards to relationships and politically and I mean pretty much everywhere across the spectrum, modern humanity, especially in first world countries, I think is really missing the mark based on mm. first hand emotions that are backed up with logic that's convenient to back right. up the emotions. Um yeah, so. that's, that's really I, would,
4: I would agree <laughs> yeah. that, that I don't know why I'm echoing. <laughs> But I, I would agree know, that that's why, or that's the wise way to go. But some would say that the emotions you've experienced have already made the choice, even though you try to use logic.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where I would interject mm. as well. Um, I would say that emotions, most of the time more than not, especially if you're using them to dictate uh, some kind of objective truth to reality, will not lead you to truth. Um, I mean, I'm sure the guys who ran their planes into the Twin Towers were emotionally um, involved in what they practiced. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that uh, Buddhist monks who were killed passively in meditative states and burned alive were emotionally attached to what they believed. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: If Jesus existed, I'm sure he was emotionally attached to the fact that he was the idea. I don't want to call it fact because it's not necessarily what I believe, but I'm respectful to the fact that people believe it. I'm sure if he existed, he was emotionally attached to the idea that he was the son of God as were many other messianic figures that were martyred at that time as well, I would add. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that emotions don't equal truth, and emotions don't equate to reality.
3: Hmm.
0: I think that logic has to play the upper hand. Emotion can get you involved into something. I think it's, it's barbaric to say that emotions don't have a role to play. We know that um, through the study of the brain, we know where certain emotions come from. We know uh, we don't know where others come from. We know that consciousness itself is derived from the cerebral cortex, which is the most highly evolved functioning part of the brain. That's where all of our high uh, processes come from. That's where our, our reasoning skills and stuff like that are at. Um, and we, we have the most advanced cortex of any um, animal that exists on this planet. Uh, we know that the feelings of fear and aggression come from the hippocampus, which like actually, which actually, if you live in a state of constant anxiety, scientists have done studies that shows that the hippo- hippocampus can actually shrink. Um. So we got a
4: shrunken hippocampus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we know, we know where certain emotions can come from, and we also know that emotions don't always lead you to truth. And I don't personally think that emotions and feelings. I mean, we used to, um, the, the basis of, of human beings, um, there's a, uh, I've been learning a lot about cognitive biases and we have one called, um, agency detection. And I don't know if any of you guys have heard of that. I don't have that. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> but basically the, the early humans, uh, it, it was, uh, going on that Darwinistic thing that theme that um nate was talking about mm-hmm. the early humans they had this overactive agency detection what they would do if they heard a rustling in the bush they if you assumed it was a snake or a jaguar or some other predator that was going to kill you possibly eat you at the least kill you that if you ran you were safe if you didn't run you didn't waste a lot of energy running but if you didn't run then you died you got eaten by a leopard you got bit by a snake. So basically,
1: those genes wouldn't get carried on if you weren't supposed yes. to assume right. danger.
0: According to natural selection, the genes that got carried on were were the uh, the bias of um, uh, what was I saying? The agency, agency. detection.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So so basically, you see it in the first polytheistic religions, where you see, um, you know, you have Celtic gods, you have Norse gods, you have even going into roman times you have the roman and greek gods where they had roman. gods of everything gods of lightning gods of lust gods of fertility gods of all these other things gods of bacchus was the god of drunkenness you know they had temples where the the very first uh uh miracle of water being turned into ro- to wine was not jesus it was actually in the temple of bacchus i don't know if you guys knew that um and Falshood it was 19. and it was copied into the <laughs> some people think that that was copied into the new testament um, look into it. but basically a early agency detection, you had polytheism, which you had people who would accredit each individual thing to a separate God. And then you get into the monotheistic realm. And basically what you have now is you have all these different things being attributed to God. You know, you have scriptures that talk about lightning or, or you have scriptures about thunder being the, the voice of God. You know, you have... Um, all these different characteristics how talks about God being just also being loving also being merciful but also being wrathful all also being vengeful um, you know Jesus on separate accounts he says you know to not fight and to not kill but then at the on the next time you hear him speaking he says that he came to bring war you know like you you have all these different characteristics that are now just being accredited to a single God. Um, I, and I don't know how I got into all that, but anyways, Me either. No, <laughs> all of that aside, I would say that my hypothesis is that I don't think that emotions are a clear indication of truth. I mm-hmm. think they can be, they can blur your I vision. Agree. I would agree. Yeah. I would, and, and I agree would pose that. a, pose a question, um, to you guys to kind of bring it back around. um, if you were to be given sufficient evidence that proves that at least the God of the Bible isn't true, would you be able to believe it and renounce your faith? I already
2: have. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: that's an easy answer for you. Yeah. Yeah. I would <laughs> say
1: yes. I mean, even at least if temporarily, because I'll be honest, I have much invested into this no, it, if
0: If evidence, good enough evidence to prove yeah. that either another God was real... Mm-hmm. Or that there were no gods. Yeah. Well, what that, kind of evidence? What, I, I don't know. I don't have a. It's, it's just any, a, anything it, that. In it's just a general question. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If
1: I received that type of evidence, I don't
0: think there is evidence to do that. I'm just. It's yeah. a just a question. If I received yeah. that
1: type of evidence, mm-hmm. my logic would force me to. Would go, your
0: logic override your emotions? It would. It
1: would go again. like I would have emotions, and my logic would not support them in any way. Um. So I, I couldn't. Base my life on those emotions anymore. If I was presented stone cold evidence to disprove the existence of a God, I wouldn't be able to continue believing in God. However, because I have such an attachment, I just I like I I I hope I'm self aware when I'm talking, but I would want to, after finding that evidence, say, man, I really hope I find something else that goes deeper and you know reignites this God. That you know what I mean? Like I would, I, I personally would have an emptiness inside of me to let go of Christianity. That I would still let it go because logic has disproved it, and I have evidence, so I can't (laughs) believe it. But I would still want to. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just don't know. It's a deeply rooted thing inside of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: it's like especially when you're raised that way. Ben, Ben and I were raised in Christian school. And in the church, like all it those, was our life. All, so, those, all yeah. those videos yeah. you watch
1: online of people who are, like, deconverting from Christianity, it's, like, deeply painful. Yeah. And they're, they're, like, yeah, weeping as they deconvert from Christianity yeah. because they're losing. I can
0: attest to that. I remember multiple That's days I would driving be, home I would from be work like, like, and weeping in my car. I would I was be, really like, crying. Please, like, I just don't God, believe in you anymore.
1: Yeah, if I received yeah. that evidence, I would be, like, please, God, show me. Speak to me. I don't want to lose you. But, I mean, if the evidence is stone cold, the evidence is stone cold. End of story.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
4: Yeah, and I think I would say I don't know how to exactly answer that because I'm still red. Sorry, it's really echoey. I'm still wrestling with the question that I asked you guys. Do my emotions decide my choice? And then do I cover it up with logic? Is my choice already made by my emotions? Are our choices already made on what we feel, and do we just try to logically prove what we feel?
0: I mean, yeah. I think you would have to answer that question first, right? And if you it's can't answer that question, <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't, if you can't answer that question, uh, not saying that it's bad, but I don't think you can answer the second one because if your emotions override your logic, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, there are some neuroscientists that think that we don't we don't have free will at all when you can measure uh Right, cell... and philosophers yeah, that yeah, believe yeah. that yeah. W- well uh, there are neuroscientists that that study that the neurons inside the brain and see transactions happening action potentials happening moments before any decision is making is being made so you've got the ele- the the electrochemical transactions going on inside of your brain before you even decide to make that choice like they'll put a they did a a, a study where they would put like a, a cup of water or something in front of somebody and they would give them the choice to pick it up or not and they would study the brain and they would see the, the electron or the neurons going off inside of their brain that would indicate whether they were going to pick that up or not before they even made the decision to do it so I, I know like Sam Harris, he has uh, his own theories about free will not even existing that it's all electrochemical reactions that are going off inside of your brain continuously yeah. And depending on where that action potential lies. We could
2: take that conversation in a million directions we don't have time for right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I'm interested this is, in it, though. This
0: is this is yes, the, I
4: understand.
1: This is the difficulty of having a a bunch of philosophically charged people yeah. on a philosophically <laughs> charged podcast. Yeah. Is yeah. that it's so difficult to stay on topic. But at the end of the day, this the, when me and Keith started this podcast, we said... We just have good conversations, and we just want to hit the record button. So I totally appreciate the format of podcast that's happening right now. I think it's the best kind of podcast that that evolves from just natural conversation and different people with differing beliefs. Uh, to everyone wants to have the final word in every point that we make on the podcast, uh, but I'm I'm forcibly taking this one. Um, <laughs> um, is that I just for me personally. I think that my emotions do make my decision initially, but I would like to think that I have enough weight in my logic that I will make my initial decision based off of emotion and then try and build a logical case to disprove it
3: Mm.
1: and, or, or at least support it. If my logic can't support the case that my emotions are making, then I'll toss it out. Like for example, in the issue of like having a bad day and really going through it and thinking that, like every parent or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or wife, anyone in any relationship at some point feels that they're failing in the relationship because of just self-evaluation. And sometimes those, those are legitimate feelings where that person needs to step up their role in the relationship. Other times it's just literally your emotions just going crazy and your logic is like, no, I'm not a bad person. I I am worth something. I'm not worthless. I'm not a failure. Y you, you know what I'm saying is that have you ever had those introspective days where you're like, I just suck and then you use logic to rule out the fact that you do suck, you're just having a bad day? I don't know, that's how it works for me. Um <laughs> but I kind of treat I would say I treat most decisions that way is that I feel things and that mm-hmm. and those those things are my truth until I start putting logic on the other side of the yeah. the scales until yeah. I can prove whether that is true or isn't true. yeah. And yeah. I'm currently in the process of having Christianity be my truth and piling things on the other side of the scale to determine if it's something that's going to fall off or not.
0: Yeah, one thing that I've been learning in psychology is that there are different perspectives when looking at things. Keith, did you just take out the last nail and try to hammer in a different one? <laughs> I, I did. I said that was the last word. <laughs> no, I left yours there, but I put another one beside it. uh so basically you have like your basic uh levels of uh ways of looking at things um which one you just listed was uh uh introspection Mm -hmm. which is one of the the basis of the one of the basics of psychology but look at uh learning to take more of uh um, more of an ecliptic look at at your own mindset and taking in different perspectives into things, right? Like mm-hmm. the we listed uh, sociocultural earlier. Uh, you have biological, uh, evolutionary. You have uh, all of Sigmund Freud's weird views about the human brain and how it. He thinks that a lot of it just works off sexual impulses and stuff like that, which is he he mm-hmm. S- Freud gets weird. Um, but basically there's a bunch of different ways about looking – of looking at the processes and the mental capacities of the brain other than just like through an emotional lens or just an introspective lens. um, And that's where I'm at. I'm taking into account every possible way that I can look at my view on the subject of God. Mm-hmm. Does he exist? Does he not exist? And not just looking about how I feel about it or what's going on inside of my emotions about it, but looking at, um, you know, like I said, like the biological implications, the evolutionary, uh, perspectives and sociocultural cultural has a lot to do with our view of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, so, so boom, last nail, bam. All right. Keith gets the last <laughs> word. So just so unfair. If if I didn't get last words. <laughs> uh, So, um, (laughs) (laughs) just if anyone's listening to this, uh, just know that if you're ever in charge of directing or guiding a podcast episode or anything, really, when you make a point, you have to immediately follow it up with a transition (laughs) because if you wait to get the reaction of the room, the reaction of the room is always an intellectual or argumentative response to (laughs) counteract what you just said, because everyone wants to win the talk. So if you're going to put the last nail in any coffin in conversation, please transition directly after you say, this is the final point here. <laughs> so, so transition. <laughs>
2: um, back to... Podcasting 101 with Ben Ashley. Yeah,
1: no, I, I really love this conversation but we did start this episode to be a, a, a send off for the podcast and yeah. we we it's kind of just turned into another episode which i mean cool. it just speaks to the fact that these are awesome conversations and i love having them so much so that i will forgo all of the plans i had for this episode just to have the conversation with you guys um but to get a little bit back on point the reason i mean part of the reason i wanted to have you on alex is that we're doing a send off for this season this version of the podcast with Keith and Nate as co-hosts. So um, what I want to look back at what, what the podcast has been and what value it has presented to people's lives, including ours and yours. You're one of the listeners who has been probably the most active on the Facebook group. So in your, I guess, journey, where does pilgrims and prodigals fall and what value has it had?
4: This is exciting because it's, It's been super valuable for me. It just, the group, the Facebook group, as well as the podcast, gave me a safe place to question, which I didn't feel that before. Um, Mentors and stuff, they loved me. But I think it also gave them anxiety if I were to question or doubt. And some churches also believe, like, doubt is, like, super wrong. So um, the group just gave me a safe place to question and to let go of my certainty. Um, that was honestly crippling me and not allowing my mind to open and see other perspectives. So I've just been able to gain other perspectives, let go of certainty and feel safe doing it. Um, yeah, it's just been super helpful in that realm.
1: And I don't don't think a lot of people would see that. I mean, just being real, we all know people like that because of the camps that we grew up in. That don't see that as a good thing. Yeah, that that is, it. It's really a a disservice that you were able to feel safe asking super dangerous questions. Yeah, which which I I mean,
4: there was a time where I was on, I think I was on the phone with a really close friend, and um, he questioned me. He said, "How do you know? How do you know your Christian God is the God? How do you know it's not?" um, Allah or, um, Buddha or whoever. And I just started bawling because I was holding on to this certainty and I was terrified. What if, and once I let that go and started asking questions, um, I just felt more free. And if you really trust in God, a God, um, if he's really real, he will show up and, um, he will still be there and still be faithful. Um, if not, he won't be, and so I just found a lot of comfort and a lot of freedom and letting go of that fear and anxiety. But yes, I agree. A lot of people wouldn't understand that, and probably still don't.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people think it's like it's because they are so rooted in their belief in God, they think it's a waste of time to ask these questions. But for any genuine faith to exist in anyone it requires a genuine weighing of and evaluating of that faith and breaking it down and being able to say that it still exists after you've broken it to pieces. Yeah. I I think that's why personally, that's why I think our whole generation, this is why I wanted to do the podcast to just, I guess put my, what I've seen value in the podcast is that our generation does not like church. And there's so many statistics out there that says, you know, millennials are leaving church. Millennials are leaving (laughs) religion it's everywhere if you don't believe that you're just literally not listening to or believing yeah. any facts the, yeah it, I don't
4: even know if I like church
1: yeah right exactly and if I
4: said that at my university I would be named a heretic because the church Dang. is everything there so that's great I can identify with that
1: yeah but I, that's the problem is that because yeah. you'd be labeled a heretic and immediately written off our generation refuses to believe in a gospel that they haven't been given
2: the opportunity to evaluate. And, I was gonna quote you on that, and then you did it for
1: me. Yeah.
3: Thanks,
2: <laughs> thanks, Ben.
1: Gosh. I'm gonna be, I, like I just want to make a bumper sticker and a T-shirt and uh, a sign in front of my house that says that because it's so true that if you if you block people into religion, you may keep them in line for a certain amount of time, but somewhere, right. some way, they're gonna encounter a reality that challenges their belief in God, and if it hasn't been evaluated, broken down, and tested, it will fall apart. And mm-hmm. the falling apart you see in the millennial generation is the fact that that gospel has not been tested or evaluated or proven to be true in any way, shape, or form. So to the people who think that is stupid for us to ask these questions and test God and it's just a lack of faith, I would say to you that uh, we exist. Nate exists. Keith, me, Alex. This is the voice of a generation saying we need to
0: evaluate this. Well, there are just two small points I want to make. That's what Williams and Prodigals is to be. (laughs) No, I I think, I think those are some really good comments. Um, uh, Christopher Hitchens made a comment. He said, uh, and this is uh, most people's perspective of uh, at least like fundamental, fundamentalist Christianity in most churches. And uh, the reason people don't feel comfortable uh, really asking the tough questions in church. Um, He says, religion offers truth so long as you surrender your critical faculties at the door <laughs> you know religion offers a an objective truth for the existence of why we are here so long as you refuse to question it so long as you refuse to ask well why how when where you know the critical questions that i think everyone thinks about and you know you may ask those questions and find yourself on the theistic side and there are plenty of people who do and there's yeah. plenty of people who find themselves on the other side or the agnostic side or, you know, the Muslim side or the,
3: mm-hmm. you
0: know, Hindu side. And, you right. know, everyone falls where they fall. Um, I think we'll eventually figure it all, all that out someday. Um, whether a single God is real or we figure out mm-hmm. what in the brain causes us to, to want to cling to religious ideals. Um,
1: <laughs> There's another point about millennials that I could definitely bring up on that,
0: but but like y- you were talking about millennials falling out of church though, and, and and that is a true statement as of 2014, which was the latest uh, uh, Pew Pew study report. I forgot what exactly the website was called. It was like Group? Pew report. No, it wasn't Barna. It was uh, it was like Pew study or Pew report or something like that. Um, but basically, non-religious um, like. Non-religious affiliation slash agnosticism slash atheism is the third highest religious orientation. It sits above Hinduism. It sits above Judaism. The only two religions that sit above this religious affiliation is Islam and then Islam, which is like 21% of the world. And then Christianity, which is like 33% of the world. And uh, non-religious yeah, air quote Christianity. But non-religious sits at 16, 16% of the world, mm-hmm. registers at non-religious or agnostic or atheist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is a rapidly growing uh, group for whatever reason, and I think a lot of what you're saying feeds into that. Um, obviously, I would have a lot more input on that, but I I don't want to go into that, at least on this episode, maybe if you want to have right. me on another time. But, I mean, yeah. The church needs to be able to answer those questions. We need people need to be able to doubt. We shouldn't have to hide in a in, in a private Facebook group somewhere
3: mm-hmm. and, yeah. and
0: question what we believe.
2: If I could sure. bring on that note, if I could bring it back a little bit and just speak to what you said, Alex, um, and get back to that original question that uh, Ben had for each of us. You know what this podcast has meant. Um, I just want to say, for me personally, I mean, I wasn't on episode one. Of this podcast, you know uh, Keith and Ben God, were you're gonna make me cry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't come along till episode twenty something, I believe. But um, mm-hmm. for the amount of time that I have spent, the amount of heart and effort, and everything that's that I've put into this project, uh, I just want to say, hearing that from you, uh, really just makes it. I mean, it was already worth a lot to me, but I mean, just hearing it in person, basically in person from somebody firsthand that <coughs> it meant that much to them really mm-hmm. is kind of the perfect finisher for me kind of the con- the concluding thought or remark for this podcast and my involvement um, and you
4: kind of knew me you knew yeah core I was
2: like yeah yeah I mean
4: about all that
2: totally but it's already
0: yeah I didn't know any of it's this already about, more valuable
2: tonight it's already more valuable to me now hearing it more in a somewhat organized context of you speaking about it and, um, just kind of bringing it home on this final podcast, uh, of chapter one pilgrims and prodigals. <laughs> yeah. Um, you chapter know, it just two years long here, hearing somebody say, um, especially somebody I know, but in, in general, any, anybody that's listening hearing somebody say, and if there's anybody else out there that thinks the same thing as uh, Alex here, that's, that's awesome. Um, that just, that means the world to us, um, that we were able to provide a safe place for people to speak out and um, contemplate these realities. Um, For me personally, uh, I would basically have to say the exact same thing even though I was in a more integral role of hosting. Um, It gave me a place where I could consistently come and feel uh the opportunity to open up my um, heart and my spirit and what was going on in my head and know that it wasn't gonna bounce off some hard service and come mm-hmm. back and hurt me. you know if I were to go to mm-hmm. certain people that I know and say a lot of the things I said in the context of a podcast, it would have been reflected right back at me and used against me And these two guys in particular were, here for me and still are here for me to make sure that my journey and my honest and genuine authentic pursuit of truth isn't hindered by stupid arguments that Mm -hmm. are used just to hurt me and my progress rather than to help me find that truth. Um, So that's what it's meant for me, for sure. Thank you guys for that. Did I answer and thank that? you, Alex. Was that even a question? And thank you, Alex, yeah, for being so um, mm-hmm. honest and vulnerable um, throughout this whole process uh, on Facebook and everything, and just helping to encourage the community to be what it has been. What I'm waiting for is Keith. I also um, oh. would
4: say that um, another aspect—I know I won't keep going—but like no, one more aspect that came to my mind was um, relationally. There were certain podcasts where. Um, Keith and Ben, I think this was before Nate came on the podcast possibly, but
3: um, there was, it was some good.
4: talk about like marriage and relationships and people are everything to me. Honestly, that's what I will do with my life. I will help people for the rest of my life. And um, that's what's important to me is people. So relationally, there were just certain things that impacted me and um, helped me love people better and um, be more open-minded about relationships, more accepting and becoming a safer place for relationships in my life. So that was another huge thing that the podcast did for me was help me love people better. And I—that that is everything to me. So I appreciate that.
3: Hey, Dang. no problem. I'm yeah, glad never, we did. Could... I've never
2: thought about it like that. Dang. But yeah, I mean, I see I what mean... you're saying. I, if, I, I, can, I can say the same thing. I think it's helped me uh, know how to communicate with people I disagree with. Yeah, yeah to mean, actually practice it on a yeah. you know
0: weekly basis, dude. I remember, yeah. Uh, yeah. man. I remember me and Ben having these conversations before we even left the church. I remember the first oh, night yeah. when I teary-eyed I, you, conversations, heart-wrenching, life-changing. Dude, Ben was the first person I ever even told I was leaving the church in general. Yeah, and now like we're Back talking about me the leaving day. the church in general. So, yeah. I mean, I remember those conversations before we even left and. You know, I mean, I, it is crazy. I mean, just seeing the journey, seeing the, the deconstruction and just seeing like how things have changed and how we've all grown, not only spiritually, just as people, um, as logical thinkers. And I think that's really the most important aspect that I've gained out of this whole process. I've learned how to think for myself. Mm -hmm. I've learned how to figure out what I personally believe, because if we're Mm -hmm. talking about faith, It always comes down to your personal beliefs. You can't make yourself believe anything. And that's why, you know, you can't be upset with anybody about where they're at because no one can make themselves believe anything. Say Mm -hmm. say God is real, you know. Even if he is, at this point in my life, I cannot make myself believe. So I'm open to the idea that – and I'm not agnostic uh, as like – I'm – I'm agnostic as far as a claim of truth, but I'm not agnostic in my belief in God. I'm I'm atheist in my belief in God. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm agnostic and not atheist. But
1: if, I think it's like impossible to not have a tinge of agnosticism whenever you don't know everything in any, the universe. We'd have to anyone, go into definitions.
2: If anyone, and yeah, we don't need to go into that. But if yeah. anyone is honest with themselves no one knows everything therefore there's a hint of agnosticism
0: exactly yeah. but we can look at logical <laughs> evidence and proof and and everyone's either theist or atheist yeah uh, there's yeah. no unless you're taking a huxleyan approach right. of agnosticism no theist one's a true atheist. agnostic yeah um but basically like this podcast what from about me relativism
1: is that a thing we're
0: not getting into all that <laughs> 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 basically uh, this podcast for what about me, Democrat. Oh my, I'm, oh I'm muting. Look, <laughs> okay, both of you guys are muted right now. <laughs> um, basically, for me, this podcast has—I mean, it's been great. I mean, it's cool that we have influenced people's lives, hopefully for the better. I mean, I've gotten multiple emails, PMs, DMs, and stuff like that of people saying, you know, like, hey, this topic or what you said here, I. Didn't I? I never knew that before. I never pondered that before, and that's what I want to continue to do um, as a person. There's mm-hmm. there's this thing called uh, street epistemology, and it's basically like the atheist version of street evangelism, but it's not evangelism. It's basically epistemology is the study of your beliefs, um, and I really want to get into in, into epistemology in, in general, and it's basically just helping people look at what they believe, why they believe, and what is the method that they got to that belief for myself and for others. Basically, it's it's a way of kindly saying, hey, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. Let's figure out how you got to where you're at. And basically, what I'm saying is my journey is not over yet. I'm still seeking. I'm still searching. And I still want to interact with people. It won't be on this podcast. Um, I have plans for down the road starting another podcast, more um, uh, secular Focused. Um, He will never allow me to be on. Never. (laughs) But basically, this has been a really good podcast for me. I don't want to keep branching off into different rabbit trails, but I've really enjoyed it, and I'm going to miss it. Same. Same moments. Oh, oh, are we unmuted
1: now? Yep. Me and Nate have just been (laughs) raging so hard over here. You couldn't hear anything that was going on in the background.
0: (laughs) No. Nate uh, said something about politics, and I muted him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs>
2: it was a joke. Gosh, did <laughs> we did we all answer the question? Ben, th- you did I, not I, answer it, did you? Or did you?
1: I think, yeah, I I kind of did. I I trailed off of kind of agreeing with Alex that I the value of the podcast is that it's given the generation that will not cling to a gospel they haven't been given the opportunity yeah, to evaluate. Yeah, yeah. We right. have opened the door for evaluation to happen, so that I think genuine faith can happen. I mean not to say that genuine faith can't start without asking questions like i think people can have and this is where me and keith are on totally different sides of the fence is i think that spiritual experiences can start someone's faith journey and they can, that that suffices in the beginning but if you never take it deeper than that i promise you there is a life expectancy on your faith if you never evaluate
0: right. it so it will die eventually expiration how do you thing. go deeper there will be though? a faith crisis impending expiration yeah impending doom like how do you start at a point of faith and then build evidence?
1: Uh, I think it kind of ties back to what I was, how I was saying my worldview is constructed is that I think it starts in your emotions. And then
0: mm-hmm. if
1: you don't ever take the step to start piling logical evidence up or trying to support your belief with logic, if you don't have something outside of your emotions that can support your beliefs, they will crumble eventually. Because as much as I would like to say that emotions – I mean, I think emotions are the most powerful thing we experience in human existence. I also know They're that completely they, subjective, though. Yeah, they are subjective, and they come and go. Like, there will be days where I don't feel God. There will be years where I don't feel God. And my faith will fall apart if it doesn't have some type of logic to stand on. If there are no logical supports to the emotions that birth my faith, it will just, like Alex said, you'll go through a faith crisis and lose your faith. So, I guess my journey here is not just looking for logic that supports my emotional foundation for believing in God, uh, but also, I mean, in, in the, in the ascent of trying to support my beliefs logically, I could easily lose that same faith because the logic piles up as evidence against it and it doesn't support it. And therefore
0: my emotions aren't able to keep my faith going. If that makes sense, I don't know if yep. that made any sense. Yeah, that. I mean, there no, th- that would be a whole different conversation because I've got a lot of questions on that. Just like, what is appropriate logic, you know, based moving yeah. past emotions and stuff like that. And I'm sure we yeah. we could have a hour long conversation. Yeah, about no, that, and but... I
1: mean, there's a good reason in all my conversations with you that the the teeter totter of or scales of my faith that the God side isn't cratered into the earth over here as rock solid, the only possibility for existence. It's not like that anymore because of the conversations I've had with you. There's so many tough questions that I don't have answers for that it creates that hint of agnosticism in me that I I don't understand it and can't answer those questions. And that's what prompts me to research and seek. And I, I don't think, I don't know. My logic is prompting me to seek God not my emotions prompting me to seek God, if that makes sense. Because I, I...
2: I would go as far as to say that it's revealing the agnosticism that already existed in you that you never knew was there.
1: Well, I'm allowing it... You're, and, al- you're uh,
2: allowing yourself to realize yeah, and it, be honest with yourself. Instead of pushing that, down
1: any doubt I had, I'm allowing it to rise uh, yeah. to the surface
2: and evaluate
1: exactly. it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I'm like... <clears throat> I mean, and I don't think... Like, if God was in the room, I don't think that God would fault me for saying at this point in my life... I love truth, and because I love truth at this point in my life, I am not the most rock-solid Christian on the face of the earth because I, I, I want to find truth, and until I do, I'm not going to give up on it. I do believe in God, and and the basis for that, I'm, I'm willing to even say, is subjective. I, I put a lot of value on subjective experiences. like The, the, the way that I view the world is, unfortunately, as... As I would would argue that everyone's view of the world is subjective to some level uh, because all you have is your perception. We all think differently. Yeah, all you have is your perception to evaluate the world that's around you. But the deep level of my being that reverberates off of my faith in God, Him being my Father, and all those other tenets of Christianity, the way that they resonate to my soul to evoke my emotion strongly enough that I would say it's the reason that I exist is, is that's the basis of my faith. And I'm not afraid to say that it's subjectively based and hopefully logically supported, but it very well may not be logically supported, but I'm not going to say the basis of my faith is my logic. It's emotionally based, supported by logic
0: up until this point.
1: Until the logic is no longer sufficient and then the faith dies because I have to go back on my emotions. Yeah, further. I would
0: say, yeah, there's two different ways because it's all based off reasoning and intellect. Um, so I would say like your reasoning is based off faith. The reasoning, the assumptions that you have come to as truth, your reasoning to the big issues of life are majorly based off faith, which is not a bad – I'm not saying that's wrong or not. Yeah, I'm just saying – Faith just, that is subjectively based in emotions yeah. and feelings that I've, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of where I get lost because I'm like, I I don't know if I can, especially when we're talking objective truths and the yeah. purpose of life itself, and like, yeah.
2: yeah, the path to finding objective truth isn't by looking through a subjective lens,
0: yeah. But not saying subject subjectivity not, not, not can't that, have. Yeah. can
2: not that they can't parallel one another.
1: Because even yeah. in
0: science, you you take subjectivity with ob- objectivity. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. I, I
1: yeah. mean I know that I'm reaching for things when I say say it like this, but it's really just where I'm at. Yeah, is sure. that
0: no? And I'm not those, dogging you at all.
1: Those you do your thing. Whatever they are, chemicals in my brain or processes that we do or don't understand. Have led me through faith to reverberate so powerfully that I would say I have felt the most alive as a human being in moments of subjective experiences that are faith based. And that does not hold up in science class it, right. it, at all. But that's fine with me because. That's why
4: I said apologetics bullshit because I. Yeah. If there is a God, like, I don't think you can logically prove. Him and his existence. No, like, you like I just you
3: can't
1: you don't can't think. Yeah, I mean, so, there there may be side supporting arguments that are like, I guess right. that makes sense. It's not completely unreasonable to believe, but they aren't they aren't reasons for someone to devote their life for something. Yeah, the and I'm points.
0: I'm okay with faith claims. I'm totally okay with that. But um, like you were saying, Alex, the the apologetics, you know, Will, William Lane Craig and guys like that. I'm um, not necessarily uh, uh guys like you were talking about who are like just. Dan the, Wallace. Dan Wallace. He's just a like a biblical interpreter. He's yeah. not necessarily like an apologetist. interpreter. Uh, apologist interpreter 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 interpreter. Whatever. He, li- he lived <laughs> in West Virginia. <laughs> interpreter. Uh, but but basically, like I, I watched uh, this debate. It was uh, Chris- Christopher Hitchens and Frank Turek. If yeah. if you guys know who Frank Turek is yeah. Yeah, 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 like one step up from Ray Comfort. That's so hilarious,
1: dude. It's so, I love the melting pot. That is my friend group because these guys, they're like Frank Turek ugh, vomit. As soon as the words Frank Turek happened on this podcast, I know there's so many people listening that were like, yeah, that's my, Oh, they don't like him. Oh, I love it. What do you mean you don't like Frank Turek? What's wrong with you guys? No, Frank Turek
0: went through his entire Surge, Cosmos, all these acronyms he went through talking about the second law of thermodynamics, which I can break down every one of these arguments. Maybe that will be a separate podcast <laughs> yeah, for that. Please,
1: for the love of God. We're talking about the second was, law. D- this is a send-off to the podcast, not a dissertation. The,
0: <laughs> the, the ontolo- <laughs> ontological, cosmological, oh. teleological, all here these different go. arguments. Here, here and I won't go into all of them. But basically, he went through all of these. And Christopher Hitchens gets up, and he's like, congratulations. But at best, all you did was just prove that deism is true in that there is a divine creator behind everything you did nothing to show that jesus rose from the dead that miracles happen that prayers Mm -hmm. get answered like apologetics doesn't solve shit it doesn't answer anything it says oh well the universe is complex and someone had to make it (laughs) that's basically what it boils down to it doesn't answer anything it's, Welcome
2: it's, to my brain.
0: Apologetics is ad hoc reasoning that says, oh, everything's too complicated. There's no way that because our monkey brains can't <laughs> contemplate it, then God. And I'm okay yes. with faith claims. That's why I'm saying I'm not I'm not going against religion in general right now. Yeah. I'm saying that I'm okay with faith claims of people saying, I felt this, I know God spoke to me because I've had moments where I thought that that I had that too, and those are still things that I have to weigh through, but Um, I think there's a lot of cognitive things involved with that and a lot of the brain we don't understand, but the whole apologetic side of it, I mean, I agree with you, Alex. I think it's complete bullshit. I mean, there's just no way to scientifically prove God. You can't, you cannot.
1: Religion is not a battle that will ever,
0: it won't end under the microscope. It's yeah, it's, it will not. It's
1: impossible to fight that battle completely with logic because if there's no, I I I don't know man like in, in looking at it I can find a lot of logical supports for a faith claim but I can't find a faith claim based on logic cuz it's just that's not the way it works faith isn't logic and therefore cannot be completely proven by it you have to have some amount of subjectivity in there and I don't know that's where I am I think I think I might value emotions maybe more than I should but that's what it is but I mean. right now those emotions are like I said the thing that makes me feel alive like the the most. And, and and that sounds completely ridiculous and baseless to every atheist. And that's totally fine with me, but I think there's something to be said for how deeply and powerful uh, that reverberates into the roots of who I am as a person. And I haven't, I haven't, like Keith said, found that stone cold evidence that says there's no way this is possible because it's just evidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've said so, that three
2: times now. So we could probably get <laughs> off this merry go round. <laughs> um, ben, is there any um, is there anything concrete that you can tell our listenership about where the podcast is going to go from here, other than what we've already said? As far as just that, it's what not- to be excited for, why to continue listening, because this isn't the end. Is there anything concrete that you can say? Is going to be happening? Or do we uh, need to leave people on a little bit of a oh there, there's cliffhanger? A, there's
1: a huge cliff to hang off of. Okay, But I will say this, is that the podcast is not going to end uh, at this point. I do have plans to continue the podcast. There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen for it to continue. It probably won't continue in the way that it's been as far as like a push to generate a lot of content every week and things mm. like that, it's going to be a way more relaxed, like when I want to have a conversation, or I think of a conversation that's worth having, rather than scrounging to get a guest. When I encounter a guest, or I seek out a guest, I want to do an episode. Yeah. So this will be a life-driven podcast versus a production-driven podcast, probably from this point on. Mainly because I'm going to be working a lot. Won't Mm -hmm. have all the free time. Keith's going to have other projects he's working on, and he's my only way to produce a podcast because he has all the dope equipment that he's invested (laughs) his life into. So as much as possible, I mean, I would love for the community and the idea, uh, really ideals and community of this podcast to continue with the same fervor, that Facebook group, all the social media is still going to be up. That's still going to be content I'm updating. And and
0: me and Nate Nate are still going to be involved in that. I still, I'm, awesome. I still want to stay in the group, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah,
3: but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think, I think
1: maybe because of time constraints, more activity will be directed towards social media because it's really easy to post on Twitter and right. uh, Facebook. But it's kind of difficult to get a podcast episode together. But um, I am going to look into um, continuing the podcast in almost the same fashion that it's been. Uh, it's just it's going to be the things that I find interesting. Like, like an idea that I have pizza. Well, I mean, yeah, I, that's a separate (laughs) podcast, but, uh, like, for example, I have a friend that I've talked to a lot. Facebook, um, I don't know if you guys have seen him. I don't know if he's in the Pilgrims and Prodigals group. Do you know who Will McIntosh is? you ever seen him comment? Will
0: McIntosh? Time? Never heard of him.
1: Uh, well, he's, he's an atheist who's a really super, like, Hell he's yeah. same kind of uh guy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Same type of guy as us. who's like, I love to respectfully disagree.
3: Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> Go atheist. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs>
1: so I, I just something that's on the plate. Maybe now, maybe next month. But I kind of want to have a conversation about like,
0: hey, I'll jump in on that one. Yeah,
1: fair <laughs> enough. Well, <laughs> Keith, I don't know, man. It,
4: Personal you, invite.
0: Two v one. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be in my house. How can you tell me no? No, I'm you just can't kidding. Be on the
1: <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. One v one. You're more. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you're more than welcome. But boom. It's going to be a, uh, uh, I don't know, I want. I kind of want to talk about the damages that Christianity has left, or mm, uh, maybe even religion. I'd rather talk about Christianity specifically because it's where I am, and that's more interesting to me, is how has Christianity damaged human that's history? That's such a
2: subjective view, Ben. You just listen to you. Yeah, uh, what well, I just I'm told just you that okay. I
1: like subjectivity. I know. I know. You
2: moral relative.
0: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> a
1: relativist. relativist. I'm 100% idealist. Listened. To a fault. Uh, You're a nihilist.
2: I'm (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, everything's meaningless. No, I want to talk about the damage. Ben, the Christian nihilist over here. The damage that Christianity has done to history versus the damage that atheism has done to history. And I already know how that's going to boil down is that only crazy, insane atheists have damaged history. And only crazy, insane Christians have damaged history and everything else is pretty good. But I still want to have the conversation.
2: What I, I, I okay? Nate disagrees with that. No, not, uh, potentially. I uh, we. It's another conversation. I preemptively nodded. I I'm not going. Think about I'm that. not going with that. Oh,
1: okay. Well, that's that's. I mean, that's fine. whatever, bro. You want to be on the episode or not? You want yeah, you in right. this podcast or what?
2: <laughs> okay. So 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 there's not so there's nothing another... concrete. There's nothing concrete that we can tell our listeners, and that's cool because cliffhangers are <coughs> awesome, and every TV series does that at the end of. Uh, yeah. But the podcast will continue. Certain series um, certain seasons Dang in a it. different form. Can't talk. Yes. In a different form. Awesome.
1: What, a what a, well, what a different episode than we planned on having, but very great well, it was, it was,
2: it was very organic. It was very free range. I liked it. Welcome
1: to pilgrims and prodigals where we start with one idea and finish with completely uh, like what WTF just happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> this is awesome, Alex. Thank you for agreeing to be on. Yeah. It was a. Um, Thanks for that 10 minute interview. Awesome. Pleasure. <laughs>
4: yeah, no problem. Anytime, guys. 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> no big sweet. deal. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No,
4: love your guys' perspectives. Thanks for having me.
3: Hey, no it was problem.
1: It was, it was a Anytime. pleasure having you on. Yep.
2: Well, Have a good you'll... night. Hopefully, we didn't uh, ruin any plans of yours. Nah. Sounds like you're having a tea Just
4: been eating tacos and drinking wine.
0: Drinking wine. There you go. Tacos
1: and wine.
0: I mean, that sounds like the life. Homemade tacos
1: or Taco Bell tacos?
4: Tis the life.
1: Homemade tacos or Taco Bell tacos?
4: Homemade tacos.
1: Oh, Oh, there you go. Fair enough.
2: I feel like Taco Bell (laughs) doesn't
1: pair well with anything in your digestive system. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Baja blah.
4: Taco Bell in my white.
1: No. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That is. That's. That's middle America right there. <laughs> Blue collar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. You got anything else, Ben, or you want to wrap it up? My no, friends? we're
1: we're good to we're good to wrap it up. You guys, this has been probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. This past two years with Pilgrims and Prodigals has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, dude. It's all been, all it's the been experiences, dope. Oh. all the conversations. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Me neither. It's been yeah. a journey for sure. Yep. hundred percent. All well, right, Alex. Yeah. Alex. Uh, thanks again for being on. I just want to say before we go to the listeners, the same thing that I've said, I have to keep this tradition going. If you listen to this whole podcast, I love you <laughs> because you care about what I care about yeah. and you're a freaking fantastic person. And I hope to speak with you on the Facebook group or on Twitter or whatever. If if you listen to this whole episode, just reach out and say something because you must care about some really interesting stuff—the stuff that I care about, which makes it interesting. So, thanks again for listening. And pilgrims and prodigals, two years in, seasons changing.
0: At uh, season one, Finn. Cry face emoji. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll bye, see you, Alex. Alex. Have a good night.
3: Bye,
4: guys. Have a good night.
0: Alright guys. Well that does it. Yeah, that's
3: it, that's
0: it. <laughs> Alright, well <laughs> that's it, people. It's over. It's done. <laughs> well at least for me, that is. Moving on to bigger and better things. We'll see what comes next. For anyone who's listened to my whole journey and this this whole shish kebab that we've done for the last two years, I thank you for just checking it out just hearing my story um and maybe you correlate with me i'll uh be leaking some information about things i'm doing next further on down the road but for now i'm just kind of going along with a ride just seeing what comes next in life and figuring out getting a more detailed consensus of what i think um but thank you so much for listening ben's going to be taking it up from here um me and Nate are both stepping down, and he's going to be doing his thing, carrying on this podcast to the fulfillment of what it can be. So if you're excited for that, go subscribe. Go do all the things on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all of that stuff. And thank you so much for supporting us and for listening to us. And with that, I give you adieu. This is Keith, Out.